coaching for potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me, my friend. I'm glad you're here with another episode to talk about coaching Mm -hmm. for potential. And we call it Coaching for Potential because we coach to bring people to their fullest potential. Highest potential. And that's what you have found Mm -hmm. is the way to do it, right? Absolutely. I'm so geeked about it. Love it. Uh, Matter of fact, I had a, a success story this week. I was working with a group of Uh, They basically call themselves, uh, I guess, better term is assistant branch managers. And uh, so the company was so thrilled that we had done such a great job with the coaching. They said, hey, let's get the next layer uh, uh, down, Mm -hmm. coached. And I said, love to. And we set up a program of blah, blah, blah. So I was working with one of those managers, and she said, I use this. And uh, she had an employee. uh, Morale issues weren't great, blah, blah, blah. And so while they were in the vault just counting cash, she asked her, you know, hey, tell me what's going on. I just see a few things, blah, blah, blah. And the employee opened up. They had a very, very in-depth conversation about what's happening in the office. Uh, she also suggested the manager that, you know, maybe you should do this differently or do that differently. The manager listened and, and didn't push back and said, you know, that's you're right. Uh, and she asked her, you know, how can I do that better? And they really became partners in crime of how to make this manager a better manager, but also to deal with the issue the employees were talking about. And so now they're both kind of a mutual admiration mm. society of how to make each other stronger and better and to point out uh, their their challenges than to, uh, uh, than to fight against each other. And the manager... And even, even other branch managers on the call said, you know, we've seen a difference. We had a team, you know, an entire mm-hmm. organization team meeting. And she said, I can see with the entire organization now that there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, yeah, that, that was it. And that was like the turning point. And she said it just made a huge difference in the morale, huge difference in the positivity. And so those are great success stories of what happens. It's pretty admirable for an organization to take it down to the assistant manager. That's that's good. But that's really changing culture. Absolutely. And it's like you said, just really change the entire organization. Right. And I love the CEO for that. She's just so dedicated to uh, coaching and things like that. But but even this, I can show you uh, in the time that I've worked with them, and I can't take con- uh, value for all of this, but they have increased their loans by 20 percentage points. Yeah. yeah uh, see, that's that was going to be the next thing for me to say is that here's the secret. Right. Yeah, you're changing your culture and organization, but you're the little amount of money you're investing, right? I mean, the returns are crazy. Yeah, you know, I they're they're easily uh, for on this client. I, I need to ask them, but it's easily for what they invested. We're talking easily a ten to twenty to one ratio of return. Yeah, um, their loans have grown in by twenty percent. Their ROA is almost tripled, um, which is much much more than what they you know. That's just ROI. That's just you know bottom mm-hmm. line. Um, and just the growth of the organization, but also uh, the retention and, and you know people staying and people being happier. So all all you all of you listening, as you're planning your year, stock market, you don't know what's going on with it. But here's an investment, right? Rory Rowland and his program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I don't know if we're saying that, but I, I absolutely it doesn't have to be me. But coaching is the key to fair success. Fair enough. Fair enough. Somebody yeah. asked me here recently, probably about two or three weeks ago. They said, if you were a CEO today and you had to do one thing with your with your management team, one thing with your organization, what would you do? And I would say, no question, hands down, not even a, there's not even a close second. I'd make sure that we had a coaching culture. Mm. No question. Yeah. Uh, that is. Uh, the more I study this, the more I work with it, uh, the the impact that I see from it, there's just no question that that's the that's the greatest thing. Now, what would you think would be uh, 
a real big skill that great managers would have? Well, obviously asking great questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, you've mentioned that once or twice. Yeah, no, no, no. Or no. actually 47 times. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Noticed. We always talk about the power of questions, and, and I love the power of questions. But um, the key is working with employees and trying to help them grow and expand and all of that. And um, and really, these these great questions make you a great manager. Right. Right? That. That's right. the skill set we're talking about today. Right. And so, you know, a couple of questions that managers ask. So I, I basically did this as a homework assignment for managers I was working with. I basically said to them, hey, uh, when we get back together again, because we're either on a monthly or, or biweekly process, I said, when we get back together, I want, you to, I want you to think about what are the great questions that you ask in your coaching sessions, and really those help you be a better manager. And so a couple of them came back, and they just gave me a whole ho- – I probably got about 15 or 20 questions that are their favorites – uh, but uh, two of them that are really important are I'm interested to know or I'm curious to find out. And the reason – then we actually talked about why do you like those questions, what are so important about them. And the reason they like, you know, I'm interested to know or I'm curious to find out is they want to pose the question in a way that doesn't make the, the person feel confrontational. They don't want to feel like it's a why question. Why did you do this or why did you do that? You certainly want to stay away from that. So this is a great way to replace the why question with I'm curious to know or I'm interested to find out. And can you tell me some more about that? So really, you're getting the why behind it, mm-hmm. but it's not coming out with the why. And so it's a softer, gentler why, but you're really getting that information because that's the key. You know, you, you know, when you were a kid and your mom says, why did you do this? You're just like, oh, man, you just yeah. tense up. Well, I don't know. I was just being seven years old. I just, I didn't know. Hey. I just thought it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> you know, and and that confrontation and that stuck with us for our entire sure. life. So when managers, anybody in a position of authority, ask us questions like that, there's a tension that occurs because of that. Is that the biggest mistake you see in coaching? When uh, someone tries, they say they want to be, they say they want to have a coaching culture. Mm-hmm. They work on it. What are the mistakes that happen? Well, that you've seen. Yeah, there's there's two major mistakes. Is Once they start, they stop, and they don't stay committed to it. Um, it's just like anything else in life. If you want to really improve a skill, you got to continue to do okay. it. If you want to run a marathon, you got to continue to run. Uh, if you want to become a great at keyboarding, right. you know, you got to practice keyboarding. Right. I had a salad yesterday, and I haven't lost weight just because <laughs> that one meal. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's got to be consistency. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so can have a salad again today and, and, and continue and to do that. Going. Right. So, so the mistake is they just don't they don't stick to it. They go back to the old habits. Right. They, they go back to their old habits, or they go back to the old habits of command and control. They see it having some success. Like the concern that I have is the story I told you about earlier in the, con- in the podcast where the manager has had some success. I don't want to see her snap back to her, her old methods. I want to make sure that she continues to work on that and continue to ask questions in that way. She got so much success. She was so geeked up. She was so excited. Uh, there's so much more improvement in morale in her department. Now we want to make sure that they continue that, you know, that conversation, that discussion, and going forward that she asks questions in an appropriate way. Well, you, you, when you work with organizations, how do you tell them to um, reward or um, – recognize mm-hmm. the right coaching behavior because it seems as though you would you would stop doing the right things mm-hmm. because your boss still wants you to do things the old way or or stress gets you back into your old habits yeah stress gets you back in your old habits time pressures gets you back in your old habits but one of the techniques and I think this is very important for the listeners is when you're working with manage when we're working with managers 
And just like I did with this success story that we talked about at the opening of the podcast, what I then did is I said, okay, we've got the uh, assistant managers all on the phone. What I do is I basically have a three-pronged approach to making sure that we reinforce this behavior. And the first thing is they tell the success story. And then what I do is I have them, okay, everybody grab a pen, and I want you to take a moment and write down one or two or three things that she did well. And what that does is it gives them a moment to analyze what did she mm-hmm. do well. And then really, ultimately, the question is, and it's, and it's an unspoken question, is could I do those things in that scenario? Right. Could I do those things in that situation? Uh, the thing that I liked about her story was that she just talked to her in the vault. It wasn't a formal meeting. She didn't pull her into her office. She didn't pull her into a conference room. She said, hey, I've just noticed, you know, can you, um, you know, it's almost, I'm curious to know. Can you tell me a little bit about what's happening? Right. You know, I haven't seen the old happy-go-lucky person. You know, where where's that person at and what's mm-hmm. happened? And, you know, the employee was was uh, was kind enough to be truthful and say, this is where I'm at. Uh, but that, that manager came from a kind and caring heart. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's the important key is to come from a kind of carry heart. If you consistently do that, you're going to be in great shape as a manager. So the, the three-prong approach is the first thing is have the managers talk about the success story. And then, okay, we everybody write down what did they do well. What that does is that reinforces peer pressure that we all need to start managing or mm-hmm. coaching like that. Then after they, tell, and then they, after they all tell that, uh, then we ask them the question, which is a very important question, and how can we even make that a better even coaching better. environment? How can we make that a better coaching relationship? What can we improve on going forward? And then I ask them, what's one given this story and this situation, what's thing one thing that you want to do with one of your employees to improve the coaching environment in your area? So it's that three-prong approach. What did she do well? What was her success story? And what would, you know, what did we learn from it? And what can we learn? What can we do better? So you're really, di- you're really looking in and diving in on what the behaviors are, right? The, the positive and the ones you want to improve, right? But it's it's really the, a team coaching concept. Okay. Uh, so it's taking you know it's using the concepts of coaching and taking it to a team environment, which I think is incredibly uh, powerful because then you get peer persuasion. You then you that's how you create a culture is because yeah. now everybody feels pressure uh, from hey my colleague's doing it I better do it. And when, so do you recommend them keep doing that in different meetings, staff meetings and stuff? That is, yeah. I, do it, I do it ad infinitum. When I okay. do sales training, um, what's the great, what was the great service story from this moment? From that, have everybody write it down. What was the great service moment? Okay. And then I have everybody talk about what, is she, what did he or she do well? And then we say, okay, <clears throat> how can we take that moment and make it a great sales moment? And what would you do differently? How would you do? How would you handle this? And sometimes they have great service and great sales stories. So what do they do from a service side? What do they do from a sales side? And then ultimately the question is, and how can we make that better? That really is the key crux of a great sales training meeting. It's just that right there. That's all you got to do. You do that, you're going to be remarkable. So when you when you think about questions, you don't want to necessarily say why. Bingo. What are, what are a couple of the best questions the managers can ask? I mean, there's just a whole host of them, but uh, I, I love it when, uh, uh, and I'll just give you a, another another story. I had an, an employee okay. uh, that was performing poorly. Uh, the manager was actually thinking about, uh, you know, letting this person go. And so this manager went to uh, this employee and said, you know, hey, what's going on? What do you want from here? What do you want from the organization? Uh, you know, I see, you know, you've got such great potential. I believe in you. I know you can do this. You know, what do you want from us and how do you want to progress going forward in your career and how can I help you? And those were really her, her coaching questions. That employee came out, talked about what was going on in their, their personal life. There were some personal issues. There were some other issues. And she said, how can I help you with that? 
Um, you know, there were times when he just needed some time off. And so, okay, let's work on that. They worked on a whole host of things. And now within six months, he's moved from an employee that was underwater because a lot of organizations will rank people three ways. You're underwater, you're treading water, you're walking on water. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they rank people. Yeah. And so she went back and, and she said, you know, we now have an employee who was underwater who's now treading on, you know, now going from treading on water to walking on water in such a performance that I'm going to promote them. And, and she goes, that's the key to this. But the other side of the coin is, too, the other person that was on the phone call was the HR manager. And she goes, i got to tell you, it really thrills me to be able to, you know, help this employee improve, help them stay. We didn't have to go out and hire another employee. We didn't have to go out and hire, uh, you know, find enough somebody else, train them, right. all of that. All of the money, you know, and that's another way they measure success, the ROA on this program, is because they're able to have that uh, happen. So, you know, that's those are some of the great questions that, that she had. You know, what's happening here? What's, what's your hopes and dreams? What's your wishes going forward? And how can I help you? So they use they use the coaching model or questions that mm-hmm. you ask them to do through mm-hmm. the training. Right. Um, how do they approach that? Okay, did they say you are treading water? Mm-mm. What are the things you need to improve upon? Or how did they first start? What are the first questions they asked that That employee? is a great question. And the reason that's a great question is they had service standards that this person needs to hit. And so that's the foundation. You're either hitting the standards that we've established for you or not. It's just like when you hire a contractor to renovate your kitchen. Either mm-hmm. they put cabinets in or they don't. Yeah. And if they're not putting the cabinets in that you like or the color or the scheme, whatever, you have a conversation about them. Hey, this is what we agreed upon. So basically they went back to that employee and said, hey, here's our service standards. How do you, because the key is with coaching, you don't want to point out to them, you're not meeting the service standards. Mm-hmm. You want to ask the question, you know, do you think you're meeting the service standards the way we've written them? Right. And that's basically what the question she asked him. And then, you know, he came back, Good question. You, know, yeah. uh, you know, you know that moment of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then she asked him that question and she talked about the service standards. She said, okay, what can we do? to help you get to the point where you're hitting these service standards the way we want. I want to see you succeed. And that's the important key with the approach that she had is she had an approach of, I really am care. I care and concerned for this employee. If people recognize that you're coming from a human heart of really caring for that, um, then that's uh, an important, an important process. Just like in the last podcast with Erica Keswin, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote the uh, best-selling book, uh, the wall street journal, best-selling book, uh, bring your human to work. You know, she talked about being, bringing your human to work is honoring relationships. And what this manager did is truly honor this relationship. I mean, you can fire people, but that doesn't honor the relationship. Honoring relationship really means you go, you talk, you have it in a conversation, and uh, and you work it out in a positive and productive way. And, and that starts with questions. So as it progresses, what are mm-hmm. some other questions that a manager should be using to get that effectiveness? Yeah, Um uh, well, this, I'm going to switch here just for a, a second. Not only what managers ask, but sometimes employees ask effective questions of managers because mm-hmm. they recognize that, you know what, we can have a culture that we really talk about things. And so one manager shared with me that uh, she went on vacation and the employees came back. And one of the employees said, we hope we made you proud. Mm-hmm. I hope we, you know, did we make you proud or, or I hope we made you proud. And so she asked that question to the manager and the manager, you know, after she checked a couple of things and saw everything was handling well, she goes, man, you guys were did a great job. And what they're really saying with that question is not only, you know, we wanted to make sure we lived up to your standards, but can you notice it? 
can you can you can you just can kind you of star us up a little yeah. bit? Yeah, just star me up here a little bit. Right. You know, give me a pat on the back, right. whatever, and that's okay too. Uh-huh. I don't, you know, I use uh, uh, stars and stickers in my presentations, and some people say they're corny, and I agree completely with them. It's a little corny, mm-hmm. but I do it to reinforce the concept that managers need to recognize the smallest things that people do. And so I use a term, and all of my clients know it. They know that star them up. You got to star them up, and that's just such an important key of of doing that. So, and, and that's an important concept, too, because those people who say that's corny, mm-hmm. they also like to be started up in their own way, too. And a manager should be asking those questions. What's the best way to star you up? What's the best way to what? How do you want to be recognized? Yeah. You know, what what is that? What gives you a sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. when I say good job? Mm-hmm. Do you want it in front of folks? Do you want it privately? Do you want, you know, a five dollar Starbucks gift card? You know, what do you want to make you feel like, you know, this is a trophy worthy of right. of carrying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a it's a medal uh, worthy of wearing. That's a, that's a really good question. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, questions, 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 questions. Yeah, there's just tons and you of just great keep questions going, right? Right. Um, and so I asked the folks. I said, you know, what are some other great questions they had, and they. Um, they just came up with just a whole host of them. One of them is how can we com- how can we communicate more effectively? People always talk about communication in the workplace, yeah. and they always want to fix the other employee. You know, go to them and say, "Hey, we're missing some point, or we didn't have this, or you know, what should we do to make sure we're communicating very effectively?" So I think that's that's a, an important key. You know, you know, when people talk about home field advantage in football, uh, it really is it goes to the the equation of performance, or or potentially equals performance minus interference, and for a visiting team. The fans want to be that interference. They recognize that if they can play a role by interfering with their ability to communicate and they can't right. run the play they would like to run with that, you know, because everybody changes players in the field and all that. And if quarterback walks, walks up to a field and he goes, hey, I've got my slot receiver against this tight end who's not very good edge to edge. If I change the play, we can have an advantage here. Well, if there's crowd noise and he can't communicate that change and he now sees that we have an advantage but he can't use that advantage, that yeah. takes a little the edge off, right? You know, so performance equals potential minus interference. Fans can be interference. Mm-hmm. Lots of things can be interference. But one of the things can be interference is also our inability to communicate effectively. And there's nothing wrong with asking employees, "How can we communicate more effectively?" So they become part of the solution. You put the thought bubble over their head, and now we've got an organization that's more effective. And you can ask them how they like to be communicated with, and you can Absolutely. ask how they do there, mm-hmm. and they can tell you. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people communicate differently. I mean, we all have certain uh, physical ways that we operate. Some people are kinesthetic. Some people are auditory. Some people are visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the three of them, isn't it? Kinesthetic, auditory, and visual. Yeah. And so people who want to see something, you know, put it up on the wall. Mm-hmm. People who are kinesthetic, they want to feel it. They want to, you know, they want to get that sense of accomplishment. Uh, people who are auditory, they want to be told. So once you recognize those, three, you know, those measure, ways people want to communicate, then do that. Uh, and that reinforces, star them up that way, and then all of a sudden they get a sense of, wow, they're recognizing me for what I am. They, re- you as a manager, you should recognize everyone differently mm-hmm. uh, because everyone wants to be recognized differently. They ha- all have certain personality styles that they want to that they want to do, mm-hmm. they want to talk about. So I just think that's a, a a great question. Another one was, you know, which of your accomplishments you're most proud of? I just love that question um, because when you do that, you find out what the strengths of the employees are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think one of the most important keys that you can do as a manager is making sure that you put people in the right, uh, the right uh, spot in the orchestra. Um, you know, you've heard the thing from good to great about putting people in the right spot in the bus. 
I never liked that analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was talking to a good friend of mine named Chris here uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, really, we needed to use the analogy of the orchestra because the conductor can put us in the right spot, you know, the right violinist that does this and, you know, the right percussionist that does that, if we can put them in the right spot. So I just love, you know, putting people in those spots that they, you know, if a person plays the clarinet very well, don't make them the trombone player. If they play the violin very well, don't make them the piano player. Right. You know, just put people in the right spot. And then, you know, who, who's that number one chair? Who can mm-hmm. do that one piece? I, I love that analogy because mm-hmm. I've tried to use sports analogies that right. way, and a lot of people don't catch those. Right. Um, but that, that's a good one to use. Because what we want to do is make beautiful music together. We mm-hmm. want the team to perform at the highest level possible. And if we can do that, and you're at you as and the everyone's doing their own task as well. Bingo. Yeah. Different yeah. from the other guy. What makes music remarkable is, guess what? This person's playing a violin. This mm-hmm. person's playing the drums. This person's playing a trombone. This person's playing a trumpet. But all together, synchronized and changing, it just it's it just touches something of your soul. Right. And as a manager, if you conduct your organization in a way that can touch the soul, you're going to be. It's going to be incredible what you do. It's going to be incredible what you accomplish. That's pretty powerful. It that's is, powerful. And, and that and that's what I love from coaching is to help managers recognize that. I tell I tell them, don't coach someone's weakness. So often goes, well, I need to fix this with this employee. Really, really, what does that employee do well? Is somebody else in the organization that does that well? Have somebody else that does that well do that, mm-hmm. and have this employee do what they do well, and then you're coaching people on their strengths and you're minimizing their weaknesses. That's when you make great music, mm-hmm. and I just think that's the. Um, the the great key. So uh, Chris and I are working on uh, a book on that. You know the uh, how to. I mean, we don't know what the title is yet, but the whole concept of how to make great music by being a conductor uh, within your organization. Another great question I like is if you had a solution, what would it look like? Mm. So then you kind of you know kind of that thought bu- bubble right. again. Thought bubble over their head uh, doing there, and this follows along with it too. Another manager said this to us. He said, assuming that all the obstacles have been rem- all of the obstacles have been, re- have been removed what would you have done better or what would you have done differently? Mm. And I just love that. And what would be the most effective way for you to get to your destination? I just love that uh, concept. You know, what would be most effective? What do you think that should be done? Uh, Considering this is a defining moment, what is the best thing you could do? Mm. These are very open questions, too. Absolutely. They provoke thought as opposed to yes or no questions. No question. Did you complete that task? Did you do this? Right. No, this is you know imagining and visualizing right and if people say to me if they if they say i don't know then step back and but i love that question is considering this as a defining moment what you know discovering that most authentic and best self Mm -hmm. uh, those are terms that uh, eric uh, keswin uses in you know bring your human to work and what she says is you know what's your most authentic self what's your best self and i think when you ask that question of yourself all the time, you're going to get the best results for yourself. Is this the best? Is this the best part of me? And then uh, I'm curious. Could you expand upon that? What mm-hmm. drives you or what motivated you to come or to pursue this or to do that? Is a great one. When you visualize fulfillment, what pictures or words come to mind? And that again goes back to you know visual, kinesthetic, auditory. You can then know what how people want to communicate. How they describe that question is the kind of the words you should use to them, because you know you build that connection when people use the same kinds of words. Mm-hmm. And then the last and best question that the the team did, which I loved, was what legacy do you want to leave? 
what legacy do you want to leave behind you that you ask the question of how do I build people? Have I built people today? Are people better because I worked with them? Um, in, the, in 10 years from now, will these employees go on to do something better because of the input that I had with them and I gave them that belief and that trust and that, uh, that confidence? And so I just thought these were great questions. and It was just a great discussion point. So I thought, wow, I've got to do this as a podcast because it was just such yeah. a – um, invigorating discussion and just they brought up just great examples and great points uh, in their process so it was just really cool well you've mentioned the power of, of good questions throughout mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's kind of the underlying part of coaching that's the, the foundation the, the questions and the mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. so uh, if, if people want to learn more mm-hmm. and they want to contact you there's a couple ways to do that Tell us again how to do that Absolutely. As we wrap it up. Ab- absolutely. As we're wrapping it up here, obviously, RoyRoland.com, R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. Uh, so uh, that's my website for speaking and consulting. Uh, also, we're working on uh, uh, Coaching Manager University. So that's CoachingManager.University. That's actually an LMS system or a learning management system we've put together that folks can use. It's actually a 52-week program. Take them through a couple of books. We give them just a whole host of ideas on, on coaching. Because what I've recognized is I just I didn't want to do the day-long or the yeah. one-day training session. It just seems like a, a data dump, whereas the long-term learning, you get to practice these ideas. You get to go back to them. and At your pace. At your pace. And then reinforce every week, right? Right. And it's about yeah. 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes a week. And you go back and oh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to see this. I'm going to do that. And so you hear, you know, it's a it's a PowerPoint online. Uh, my voice over the the concepts. We take you through the concepts and just a couple of great coaching books. And it's just a great tool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Another Paul. good podcast. Another good suggestions. We'll see you next time, folks. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.